0: Good afternoon, we're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland, continuing a local congregation. We minister in the Partick area of Glasgow. Our building is at 2 Thornwood Terrace, and we meet on the Lord's Day, Sunday at 11, and again in the early evening at 6 p.m. And we do want to extend a warm and sincere welcome to you to come along, whereby you might hear something more about the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the very sum and the substance of the Christian gospel. And it may well be that you are a churchgoer. But It may also be the case that you don't hear much of the gospel. And maybe all you're told is do your best and God will forgive you. Well, that's not the Christian gospel. The Bible doesn't teach that at all. The Bible teaches about The Son of God, who came to this world in order to carry out a a mercy mission. Paul tells Timothy, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the chief. I wonder. We're not here to embarrass anyone. But I wonder if you were asked. Why did Jesus come? Why did he come to this world? Why did he leave heaven? Why did he undertake all that he did? What was the purpose of it? I wonder could you give uh, an accurate answer. Well, that verse that I've quoted to you earlier on, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There's His purpose. The Son of God, the eternally begotten Son of God, left heaven, left the realms of glory, left that place where He was perfectly happy, where he was worshipped and adored, and where the angels attended to his every request. But he left all that behind. And he came to this world. Why did he come? Well, the Bible tells us he came on a mission. And that mission was to save sinners. Now, if you know something about the life of the Lord Jesus, you will know that He lived for about 33 years in this world. And at the end of that 33 years, what happened? He was crucified. He was rejected by His own people. The Jews said, we will not have this man to reign over us. And they cried out, crucify Him, crucify Him. We have no king but Caesar, they said. And then you might, you might well wonder, well, if he came into the world to save sinners, yet he died an early death, and he was crucified and found guilty, you might well say to me, well, how did he save sinners then? Well, it was all part of God's plan. It was all part of His eternal plan whereby Jesus would suffer and die in the room and place of sinners. That's how He saved them. Because when He was being crucified, yes, we know wicked men pinned Him to the cross. We know the Romans condemned Him. We know that. But ultimately, God had a plan and a purpose in it And God was punishing him in our room and in our place. That's what was happening there. There on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ took the punishment that was rightfully due to sinful mankind. You see, God has given us a law. He's given us the Ten Commandments. And we are to live according to these commandments. But we cannot. Because of sin we cannot obey. And therefore we have a problem. Because God demands obedience. But we cannot provide that obedience. And because of this then we are estranged and we are separated from our creator God. And we cannot be reconciled by our own efforts, our own achievements, our own works, or whatever. We cannot. And therefore the situation is quite dire. But God has devised a way whereby mankind's sin could be paid for and mankind could be reconciled to God through what Jesus Christ has done. You see, Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He never sinned in thought or word or deed. He alone lived a perfect life. And because of this, He was then able to offer up a perfect sacrifice. A sacrifice that would make atonement for the sins of mankind. And the good news of the gospel is that God is prepared to accept someone who has stood in our room, in our place as a substitute. That's the good news. Christ has done what we could never do because of sin. Christ has fully obeyed the law of God which we are required to do. Christ has paid the penalty for the law that we have broken. He has done it. And He has done these things on behalf of others. And God has said in His Word that when we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ our sins are forgiven. We are reconciled to God. We have our sins cleansed only because of Jesus Christ. And this is a faithful saying. In other words, this is a saying that's to be the sum and the substance of the Christian message. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. We are to accept this. Why? Because, friends, it involves us all. It involves every one of us. How does it involve every one of us? Because we're all sinners. This is what the Bible declares. There is none righteous, no, not one. None. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. God bless. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. This is what the Bible says about the natural man. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues, they have used deceit, the poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes." these are quotations that are cited in the New Testament that have come from the Old Testament and there the Apostle Paul is outlining the hallmarks and the characteristics of the natural man and that's what we all are by nature it's not a pleasant description not a pleasant description we acknowledge but it's true and it is accurate and it is God's verdict upon your life and upon my life and it outlines to us that we need someone to save us someone and that someone is not ourselves it's not religion it's not charity it's not good works instead it's a person It is none other than the Son of God Himself. That's why He came. That's why He suffered and died. He alone is the one who is able to save us. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That's what Paul asked the Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, they were contemplating returning to Judaism. And Paul asked the question how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? (coughs) How will you escape? What is your escape route? What is your escape plan? What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about that day when you will stand before Almighty God in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells the Corinthian Christians, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. He's telling the Christians they have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us. There are no exceptions we'll all have to stand before Almighty God. Paul tells those wise people in Athens, people who prided themselves in their wisdom, he tells them about that great day because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Whereof, he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. There's a day coming, friends, when there will be a judgment. Every one of us will be judged. And if we don't have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior on that day, we shall be condemned. Condemned. And that's why we come out, that we might bring this word of mercy to you. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's what drove the Apostle Paul to cover as much of the known world as he could. He went out telling people the good news of the Christian gospel. That although we are sinners, dead in trespasses and sins, and although we are estranged and separated from our Heavenly Father, yet there's a way to be reconciled. There's a way that we can be made right. There's a way that we can be made acceptable in His sight. What is that way? That way is Jesus Christ who Himself did say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And what he was saying there to his disciples is quite clear. There's no way to be reconciled to God. There's no way to have our sins forgiven unless we have Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's a very clear message. It's a very stark message. It's a very loving message. For God so of the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Please don't throw it away sir. (laughs) For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. We want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the most important person that ever walked upon this earth. There's no other individual has ever had the impact that Christ has had and is still having. He was born in poverty to a poor family. He lived in obscurity until he was about 30 years old. And then he had a three-year uh, three-year public ministry, after which he was rejected by his people, and he was crucified. But you know what happened, friends? He rose again. Sorry? Don't know what you're saying, sir. Don't know what you're saying. I'm telling you about the Lord Jesus who suffered and died. He was put into a tomb. And on the third day he arose. He came out of the tomb. And he's alive forevermore. And friends, this is the one that we're urging you to put your faith and your trust upon. We're not asking you to follow a dead man. We're asking you to put your faith and hope upon the Son of God, the Son of Man. That one who died and rose again and who is alive forevermore. And that one who is able to save to the uttermost. What a thought. Will he save me? You might be asking. Minister, will he save me? Yes. If you will come to him, he will save you. He never turns anyone away who truly comes. Anyone who is truly penitent. What does that mean? It means repentant. It means one who is willing to confess and forsake their sin and to believe upon Him. He will receive them. You do not find any instance in the Bible of people who went to the Lord Jesus and He turned them away. He turned none away. And therefore, I want to encourage you, regardless of your life, regardless of your past, regardless of your present, that you must come to the Lord Jesus Christ today. You must repent and believe upon Him. And the promise is sure that you shall receive the gift of eternal life. Eternal life shall be the gift that He shall give to you and that shall be a present-day reality. Yes, sir, it's true. It's amazing, I know, but it's true. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And what that's basically telling us is, friends, the moment that we truly believe upon Jesus Christ, we have Him as our Lord and Savior, and we have the gift of eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life. You'll find it, in the Word of God. And therefore we are not to be afraid. We come to Him and we experience that wonderful gift of eternal life even now. And there's an exhortation here to the young. We find it in the Word of God. The Word of God speaks to all sections of society and it speaks to the young. It says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say I have no pleasure in them. You know many people today feel there's no purpose in life. Well the Bible teaches us man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's the purpose of life. That's why we're here. And we'll only be happy in life when we're able to enjoy God. And the only way we can do this is to be in a relationship with Him through His Son, the Mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the young are urged, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Today is the day of salvation, friends. Today is the day when you call upon the name of the Lord. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a glorious promise that we find in the Word of God. And the Bible would urge young people, young people in the prime of their life, before sin has taken a firm grip and hold upon them. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. In other words, let's modernize it. Follow the Lord now. Call upon the name of the Lord now while you're still young. While you can dedicate the rest of your life to serve Him. And then you will know a fruitful and purposeful and meaningful life remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say i have no pleasure in them you want pleasure now you want meaning now you want purpose now you'll not find it in the music festivals You'll not find it in the drug scene. You'll find it following the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember friends, the moment that we call upon the name of the Lord, we are new creatures in Christ. Therefore, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is what marks out Christianity, friends. It's new life. It's new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, that's a definition of a Christian. If any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Would you like a new life? Would you like a new start? You'll only find it in Jesus Christ. (coughs) How's the conscience today? Is your conscience troubling you? Do you have a peaceful conscience? Friends, the only way you can have a peaceful conscience is to have your sins forgiven. And the only way to have your sins forgiven is to come to Jesus Christ, the one who has paid the price for your sins. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Friends, how many people today are here They're going back and forth and their conscience is troubled. There's something in the back of their mind that's nagging away at them. And sometimes it manifests itself more than others. Sometimes their conscience doesn't trouble them. But other times it does. What has caused this? I'll tell you what's caused it you're not right with God you're not right with Him sin is a barrier it's an obstacle and it troubles you you maybe didn't realize it you may be not able to articulate it but it's still there it's still causing a problem well there's only one way to get rid of it and that's to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul says to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That's a definition of a Christian, one who's in Christ Jesus, whose life is hid in Christ. There's no condemnation. None whatsoever. The conscience is cleansed. It's peaceful. Why? Because the matter of sin has been dealt with. Jesus Christ has paid the price of our sins. Full and free and complete salvation is found in Christ. What does salvation mean? Salvation means deliverance. It means to be set free. Well, that's found only in Christ Jesus the Lord. And He Himself did say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is past from death unto life. Friend, do you want to know that experience that Jesus is talking about? The only way you can know it is to have Him as Lord and Savior. It is to call upon His glorious name. I say unto you, He says, He that heareth my word and believeth in Him that sent me hath everlasting life in other words they have it right now they don't have to wait for it they have it right now I say unto you he said he that heareth my word and believeth in him that sent me hath everlasting life Christianity friends it's all about life it's all about everlasting life and that life is to be found only in the Lord Jesus Christ He alone can provide this no one else can all religions other than Christianity are false there's only one Saviour who is that Saviour? Jesus said I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me. Salvation is found in none other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's only one Savior, friend. There's only one God. There's only one mediator. There's only one way to God. The way that He Himself has provided. And that way is Jesus Christ. And that's why we come out here. That we tell everyone that we can. We open our mouths and we seek to bring to your attention the basic elements of Christianity. That by nature we're sinners. We're estranged and we're separated from God. We're on the broad road that leads to destruction by nature. But there's a way to be reconciled. And that way God himself has provided. What is that way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Isn't it not amazing? Isn't it not marvelous and wonderful that we who have offended God... By our behavior has provided a way whereby we can be reconciled to Him. He has provided the way. It's God's way. It's the way from heaven. It's the only way. That's why Paul would urge the Christians in in Jerusalem, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How can you escape if you turn your backs upon Jesus Christ there's no way to escape, there's no way there's no other way there's no There's no plan B this is it friends we are to call upon him <coughs> for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men the man Christ Jesus who gave his life a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Well it's been good to be with you. We're going to draw our time to a close. We're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland, continuing a local congregation and we meet at Two Thornwood Terrace. We meet on the Lord's Day Sunday at eleven AM. And again in the early evening at 6 p.m. And we also have a a midweek meeting on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And we would extend a warm welcome to you to come along to any of these meetings. You would be made most welcome. It's good to be here this afternoon. We're delighted for the response We're grateful for the dry weather the Lord has given to us and we trust that he will follow with his own unique blessing upon the proclamation of his word.